Welcome to the Be Curious podcast with Megan Ballinger, me. Let's go on an adventure, one where we're open-handed and wide-eyed and ready to encounter. Whether through movies, books, or how cute we think Ben Barnes is, let's do life together. Okay, people leap bleeps. Today, I finally got some time to record the podcast for this week. Um, it's coming a little late. Apologize. I've got lots of thoughts to get through. Um, I would love, I love the fact that you guys are being so patient with me. And when I say you, I mean my friends who are giving this a listen. So this week we did uh, two weeks notice with Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Um, they've been on, have they been in one more movie, one movie, one other movie together? I honestly can't remember now. That is okay. So uh, I went into watching this movie having watched it. I watched it, I'll admit, I watched it with my parents um, for like the crazy fifth time. Let's just round it to a five, uh, fifth time, you know, having watched it numerous times before, but you know, because of the, the way that I'm thinking now, I have a different lens and in which I'm looking at things and kind of being like, Ooh, I don't know how good that behavior is anymore and, and how much this movie translates. And so I thought, you know what? Two weeks notice actually seems like it might be a good movie, not as in like it will stand the test of time, because I'm not sure I would have much to talk about in a in a movie that would stand the test of time, which is probably a bad thing. I should probably watch a movie that actually will hold up, because then I'll say some good things about it. Um, but yeah, I went into it, you know having watched it, having loved it, and I came out of it kind of, you know, I still love Sandra Bullock. I still think there are some amazing, funny tidbits in there. Hugh Grant, his comedic timing is amazing. Um, But at the same time, uh, the comedy aspect of it, I I feel like a lot of rom-coms do this because they are a little bit formulaic. Um... He kind of, like, not he, they, the people who made this movie, um, they, they, they kind of sacrifice plot and depth. And I know that you, you know, people might think that um, rom-coms, they don't have a lot of depth. And that's usually true. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's what I look for in a movie. And when... You know, when you see little tidbits, which I'll get into, um, where they could have gone with the, uh, the the character and go a little bit deeper and kind of explore things and stuff like that. As a writer as well, I see, oh my gosh, what a wasted opportunity to go into something like really um, nuanced and interesting you know so I I think sometimes with rom-coms they they miss the mark and I'm I'm sure lots of people have been saying this for like eons 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 but um you know I'm I I think I've said that too the rom-coms have never been my favorite but they've been really enjoyable to watch um so let's get let's get to it I've just 
spiel the way, but it's, you know, I'm going to spiel. So there. Haha. Okay. <laughs> okay, so how can you not love Sandra Bullock is what I say, especially during her rom-com years. Yeah, I loved Sandra Bullock in her rom-com years. Um, she is just, she's just good. But at the same time, I'll always have a but in there. Um, she seems to have a lot of the same tropes. Like, I, I probably use the word tropes too much. Um, but like signature moves. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's not so much her, but it's rom-coms in general. I've said rom-coms so many times now. Um, where like like the one thing where at the end when they have the like, kissing scene and then they say something to each other, but they're what, like they kiss and then they say something to each other while they're like really close, like their faces are really close to each other. It's like they're whispering their lines into each other's mouths. I just noticed that that was a thing, like in the proposal she does that, in two weeks notice she does that, and I think that's just, and also, is it in? I just watched 27 Dresses. I know. And uh I think she does it they they both do that in in uh in that movie as well. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so before we begin, I just uh thought I should do a side note that I once heard that movies should have a sentence that describes the message of the movie or the TV show. I'm going to try to find the sentence of each of these movies, TV shows, books, etc. as I review, analyze, and try to stay curious about each of them. Um, I I have had a hard time trying to figure out what this movie's, you know, message was because it was kind of all over the place and it, it didn't really seem to have a purpose. And I I'm a, a university student. I'm taking creative writing. And so um, we we read poetry sometimes or, you know, stories. And like one of my professors said, you know, it doesn't always have to have like a deep meaning or a, a purpose or something like that. It can sometimes just be for the sake of the words. And I think sometimes with movies, they can be the, for the sake of just making a movie entertainment um but i i think still i don't think the plot should lack just because you're making a movie for the masses i think that is a very elitist term like um uh way to think that you know let's just churn out like kind of like a homework thing i might offend people when i say that but kind of like a homework thing you know like if they had pooled their resources they were, could probably make some great movies because they have a lot obviously have a lot of money at their disposal um but they choose to make like 75 really shitty movies and I mean okay there are a few gems in there I I admit I am not immune to the hallmark allure I am I am just as guilty or not guilty because you don't need to feel guilty if you watch those movies but um I, I have been there when the cringe starts to happen, you know, where you're just like, I need to hide because this person has done, said, sang, danced when they should not have done, said, sang, or danced. And it's embarrassing. I understand that. Um, yeah, 
I I don't think the message of this movie was clear. Um, and of course, movies, books, TV shows communicate messages through the entirety of their contents. And some of those messages in this movie weren't the best. So I'm talking about like the little stuff, you know, like a, a line there or and if if something comes up in one movie and it comes up in another one and it comes up in another one, and another one, and another one. It starts to teach society and the people who watch the movies to start start teaching them stuff, right? Like how to act, how to behave, what is okay and what is not. And I don't think we should downplay rom-coms for the power that they have because they are mass media and people are watching them as they keep getting made. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, let's follow the character through their development and see, you know, okay, so at the beginning of the movie, Lucy, Sandra Bullock's character, she's an outspoken activist, environmental lawyer who makes a sacrifice in working for George Wade, the Hugh Grant's character, um, we'll get into him in a minute, in order to save the community center in her neighborhood. She's gradually demeaned into being an assistant to George rather than the intelligent lawyer that she is and eventually quits. She realizes her feelings for George when another woman, her replacement, comes into the picture. She is betrayed by George. They tear down the community center. She gets a job at legal aid again, which I don't understand. She forgives George and can now order Chinese food for two. And honestly, if that's the message, like, you just need another person so you can eat all that food. Because at the beginning, I honestly felt like there was a little bit of shaming towards the amount of food that she was getting. Maybe she's hungry. Maybe she has a high metabolism. Maybe she just likes to eat. And she's, you know, she doesn't seem unhealthy. So maybe it's not bad. You know, it's just, uh, it was written by uh, the director, Mark Lawrence, who's written a lot of other rom-coms. Did you hear about the Morgans, uh, the rewrite music and lyrics, Miss Congeniality, the forces of nature? Uh, So I I feel like sometimes rom-coms are are inherently sexist, I think. Um, There are some rom-coms coming out in... Uh, recent years because they kind of dwindled and then recent years is some more intelligent oops sorry my dog okay I'm so sorry sorry I'm choking on some cake I'm so sorry about that Um, my DOG my dog Hazel uh, she just decided to bark at some people who were over on their own property you know, now she's settling down. Um, okay, so I think it's important to live your life the most authentically that you can. So I won't be editing that out. I won't be editing it out. So here we go. Here's the real deal, the real stuff, the pizzazz. Okay, so yeah, okay, so that stuff happened. The Chinese food for two. It's a bit sexist, honestly, about how much food women eat. Like it's any of your business. I eat what I want to eat. Like I just ate a piece of cake. Who's going to stop me? No one. 
Okej. Okay. Oh, Bobby. Just a second. I'm going to see if this will pass. She's just a very alert dog. 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 Okay, moving on. Um, the thing, the thing that I mentioned before about she gets a job at legal aid again and how I didn't understand that. It's because at the beginning, at the, oh, what is it? Like the, like quarter way mark through the, um, movie. Um, okay. So I'm very sorry about all the interruptions that are happening. I'm going to do my best to make sure that they stop happening. And I'm just trying to fiddle with my mic here because I had to relocate because my puppy wouldn't shut up. I don't want to offend her. Uh, okay, so here we go. So I was talking about legal aid. There's the part about half a quarter way through where she wants to quit. So she's going to different uh, lawyers' offices to... Um, you know, get another job as you do when you quit your job. And uh, um, Hugh Grant's ch- character, George, has stopped, you know, called all these places, said, don't hire her. She's indispensable to my company and all this stuff. So after he releases her, I'm doing quotation marks, um, I'm just curious, like, why did she go back to legal aid? Why didn't she go back to some of these other companies that liked her, wanted to hire her, but didn't because of uh, George Hugh Grant's character? I'm just curious. I'm like, so she didn't go to a high-powered lawyer. She went back to legal aid. Like, maybe she, you know, she has, you know, she likes um, being... Um, working for a cause kind of thing maybe that's you know she wanted to go back to her roots that kind of thing I just thought it was kind of a I don't know left field kind of thing like weird I don't know maybe it's just me Uh, okay so then we can go down to George uh, you can tell how I feel about George by the way that I <laughs> describe him here. I'm it's just here. You can you can hear it for yourself. I said he is a wealthy entitled ass who speaks very disparagingly of women, um, but in a kind of charming way. We all know those people who say terrible things but get passed off as charming or teasing or flirting. Um, problematic. Uh, He needs a lawyer, he gets Lucy to accept, proceeds to suck the life out of her, being super needy and very immature. He needs Lucy's advice for picking out a mattress and his clothes. She's basically a glorified assistant with legal capabilities. When Lucy quits, he calls all the lawyers' firms, what I was saying before, in the area to make sure they don't hire, which is hilarious in a comedy sense, but in a healthy relationship sense, very manipulative. I think there is a clause in her contract that says that she can't work anywhere else or he's allowed to do that or something. I didn't do any research on that. Um, But he finally gives in. Because he does, in a little way, love Lucy. He supports Lucy during her breakup. He flirts with June. 
goes back to his floundering ways, I said, as soon as Lucy has her foot out the door. I'm realizing that I'm judging him when in fact he is allowed to flirt with whoever he wants to. But in this case, the boss employs Sitch is a bit sketchy. But not surprising seeing as he doesn't know how to have boundaries, as well as seeing as he hits on every woman that he sees. He doesn't stand his ground with his brother when he wants to tear down the community center until Lucy is disappointed and angry with him. And then he apologizes to Lucy. And I um, am still learning how to distill and dissect the main point from a movie. So I, I really appreciate the patience. Um, if anyone is listening to this, this is more of like kind of a fun thing for me to do. Um, you know, a little bit of creativity to do for me. So, okay, so here we go. Now we can get into the, the juicy stuff that I wrote down while I was watching the movie. So Lucy says at the beginning after she and her friends have been arrested for protesting at a building site, why don't, sorry, I hit my mic, why don't people respond to me? And I think that is a very interesting theme and idea that the movie didn't really take time to explore. I thought, wow, what a what an honest thing. She was at a moment of distress. They had just gotten arrested. Um, what an honest and open thing to say. And why not latch on to that? And I think the answer is in the genre, right? Like, they don't latch on to that because... It's a romantic comedy. And, you know, when your your genre, quotation marks, has conventions, sometimes I think writers think that they have to stick to that. You know what I mean? You know? So they have this whole thing with the fact that she likes to eat, which I already covered. Um, so Lucy compromises in order to protect her ideals and working for George Wade in exchange for the community center not getting knocked down. And this makes me think of her comment of why don't people respond to me? Maybe she thought that she needed to try a different route because she wasn't getting through to people. Maybe. Maybe she thought, you know, like this protesting thing isn't doing any good. So I have to be a little bit more inventive in the way that it's going to work. Um... And I, I don't know where she thought the working for George was going to go. Um, George did give her con- full control of their charity, the part of their business. So maybe she thought, okay, so I can still... I can still um, make... Um, what's it called? I can still make a little bit of a difference with the charity... Maybe that's what she thought. Um, There is a scene where George has two envelopes that look exactly the same. They're both white. And has Lucy help him choose between them. And I wrote down, no one should be licking envelopes. That's so funny. (laughs) I have just recently, like, thought about that. Like, why do we lick envelopes? Like, why do I want your DNA on my mail? I love to write letters, and so I'm using a um, a, a glue stick instead. So if you ever re- receive a letter from me, know that my lips have not touched the seal. It's 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 a it's a, a glue stick. Don't worry. So I wrote a, I had a little chart here for some of these details. 
Lucy, she attributes some of the accomplishments to him, to George. Her part in the statement for the newspaper, when she first met him, they have this kind of like banter back and forth where she's trying to plead the case for the community center and he has to give a note, um, a quote for the newspaper and he like steals some of her words and later on in the movie it comes back as a quote that the new um, uh, lawyer is going to quotes back to them and and she allows him to take credit for it. Um, I know that's just a little thing. Maybe it's a memory thing. Maybe she was being kind, whatever. But, you know, historically women have been um, just like put aside. And, you know, men have taken... Uh, uh, what is... I'm like the worst at getting w- words out right now. Um, have taken credit for things that... that women have done and so maybe I'm just a little sensitive about it I don't know um and then she also holds him accountable there's that that beautiful way she looks at him in the helicopter um where you know you can tell what she feels for him um she's a real human being she has nasal spray she eats like a real human being like I always find that these the characters the main characters they're the ordinary girl quote unquote um, they, you know, either have, you know, what is quote unquote bad hair or, um, they, they quote unquote don't dress very well, uh, nasal spray, they eat a lot, like all these attributes where it's like, why does that make them ordinary? Um, again, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, George, he doesn't respect or listen to Lucy. He's always trying to be funny or spin things to his side. There's this one scene where, um, she's like, you don't respect me. And he's like, I do respect you. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And she leaves. Because like, how immature do you have to be to just like, read the room, George. He won't take responsibility for his mistakes. He lights into Lucy for her perfectness instead of admitting his mistake when he, um, when when the community center gets knocked down instead of what he promised in that it was going to stay up. He loves Lucy despite her flaws. And I latched on to that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought it was a little bit of a parallel to Mr. Darcy. In spite of all of these things and my better sense, I love you. You know, like, eh, I, I get it. But, you know, like, it's not very romantic to say, you know what? There, There's this, this, and this wrong with you. But you know what? You know what? I still love you. And, and... I think maybe you should be grateful that I do because of this, this, and this. Maybe, again, maybe I'm just being sensitive, but I just, I took some, uh, some, just not, I just didn't like that. Okay. And their relationship, I, I said that they aren't able to be vulnerable with each other. Um, neither can communicate their feelings for each other. And I think that's just a human thing. It's just a human thing. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's easy to stay comfortable. It's easy to stay within your um, 
just your your comfort zone and to not have to try um that's just an easy thing and it's hard to be vulnerable however they are very comfortable with each other very comfortable they know each other very well and I thought that some of the banter and some of the discussion was actually written really well in that you know there were some sexist things here and there but I thought you know that's something that maybe a friend would say and then you know your friend would say you know what that doesn't really resonate with me um that's not really it kind of thing and like it's just bouncing ideas off of each other so I thought that was a very um, realistic part of the movie that I thought there were parallels between Lucy and her mom and Lucy and George because Lucy tells a story about how her mom always held uh, her to a high standard you know she said you know always get an A instead of a B which you can't really control you can do your best that's all but anyways, like th- that kind of idea of having a voice in your head and having expectations. And George at the time had said, you know, it's that, that's better than having no, someone have no expectations of you, which kind of makes me think maybe he had an absentee father kind of thing. Um, and at the end, he's like, you're the voice in my head, which I thought was a kind of cool. I don't know if it was intentional. I hope it is. Um, a kind of cool correlation to like draw there. Um, I again, I don't know if that's healthy, you know. Uh, um, but I thought it was kind of a cool thing. I thought there was a, the, the trope again. There's that word of the leading lady getting rid of the leading man's one night stands or dates or whatever. Like he calls her in the middle of the night this is to like emphasize his lack of boundaries um calls her in the middle of the night and says hey just you know want to have a discussion she's like it's like three in the morning do you not have any respect for me we've already established that and uh and then he she like gets rid of the date by like talking to her on the phone and saying he's deeply troubled and all this stuff and I I've seen that in other rom-coms as well. Like, what's your number with Anna Ferris and Chris Evans? She makes a deal with him where she'll get rid of the the woman in her apartment. Like, I'm just like, can you not just own up to your, your own choices and just do it yourself? I thought the banter was very cute. There's a restaurant scene where, you know they knew exactly what each other liked like the ice cubes um George would take the ice cubes out of his glass and put them into hers again not very sanitary um but uh and then like she would take something from his salad and he would take something from hers because they knew what each other liked and obviously it was to illustrate how close they were um but I thought it was very very cute it's a bit of a codependent relationship, honestly. There are no boundaries. Um, I looked up the definition. It's characterized by excessive and emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on an account of an illness or addiction. And that's not true here. Um, but I just thought, you know what, they're mostly on George's side because he needs her her input for everything um but I 
I have this just down here as well. Um, Lucy also has a little bit of codependency as well. Like George makes a good point when Lucy quits. He says, why do you keep your phone on? Which doesn't justify his clearly unhealthy behavior. But it shows that it is a two-way street. That there are ways to protect yourself in an unhealthy relationship of, you know, knowing where your boundaries are and what is healthy to have um, boundaries. But I also think, you know, it's your boss because there's an imbalance of power there. You know, feeling like you might get fired. That's just unhealthy. Never date your boss unless he's no longer your boss or she's no longer your boss. Um, I had a question in here. Do healthy relationships make good movies or the journey to having a healthy relationship? Does that make a good movie, TV show, etc.? Because I don't think at the end of this movie, the relationship is really. Obviously, like he sacrifices for her. You know, he quits. He gets fired from his job or he quits or whatever. But. Again, there's that lack of depth. You don't really know, like, okay, this is this makes me feel good, but is it? Is it? Does it have a message? I don't know. Uh, there's a part where Lucy talks about how her mother always challenged her to be the best, to go for A's where others got B's. I see the inference of intelligence being made the most important value. I'm reading this book called Killing the Black Body, Race, Reproduction, and the Meaning of Liberty by Dorothy Roberts, which talks about this very thing in the history of eugenics. Um, a direct quote from page 63 says, paralleling the development of eugenic theory was the acceptance of intelligence as the primary indicator of human value. I had never thought of this before I read this quote. That intelligence is held in higher regard than other qualities. In part, I think this happens because of the way schools, jobs, qualifications go about testing, hiring, and certifying people. There's a grade attached. People are thought to be one way. Learning one way and any other way is called an accommodation or a turn alternate learning plan in a way made to be inferior. I thought that was interesting. It's interesting when you learn things and you start to see them in other places. I was talking to a friend the other day and she said, isn't that crazy how once you see things, you can't unsee them. That's very true. There's a questionable line in this movie uh, by Tony the Chauffeur, played by Dorian Missick, says this one line to George Women are hard to control, and we know that the man always has to be in control. Which kind of perpetuates harmful perspectives on the way that men and women should relate to each other. On the other hand, it's kind of undermined by the admitted afterthought that he still lives with his mother, which is not a bad thing. Some cultures, that is more common. It is in Western culture that is not encouraged, or it's seen as kind of immature or, you know, um, kind of like you haven't got your life together, but I still live with my parents and I've got my life kind of together. So I think that's kind of bullshit. But in this case, I think it is used to show that he is not as worldly or knowledgeable as he says. People say things, stupid things all the time because they're maybe they're feeling insecure or maybe they're just dumb. Who knows? Um, the cover art. I noticed that the cover art has Hugh 
art has Hugh Grant with his side cheek wrinkles and Sandra with her smooth face. And I just think of all the people that complain about wrinkles and not wanting them. And I'm reminded of the dichotomy of stereotypical male-female beauty, how men for the most part are called handsome and attractive at any stage in many different shapes and forms, while women are held to an impossible standard that includes surgery, excessive working out, etc. I won't deny the pressure that men have to be fit, but I do think it isn't proportionate to what women are against. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't understand that. Yeah, I definitely have some work to do in dismantling that kind of thinking from viewing myself in that way of, you know, I don't conform to the standard of beauty um, that is uh, rampant or or encouraged in uh, wider society. And that's definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people can relate. It's hard to stand on your own two feet when people tell you to your face but in the media and all of those things where people tell you that you need to be different but just be who you are because that is good I think some highlights in the relationship the restaurant where they know exactly what the other likes and what the other doesn't um uh when he comforts her after Ansel and her break up, changing his plans to accommodate her. This scene where they end up on the boat and the conversation they have is very good, very back and forth, curious about each other, considering each other, giving what the other person is saying a chance and answering honestly. It is on this boat that Lucy says this one thing. That's what men want, the twisty bobcat kind of pretzel. And I didn't have much to say about it, but I just kind of, in my heart and in my head, I thought, I don't think it's kind of a healthy thinking, like, in order for, I what men want is someone who's really good in bed. I just think that's a little bit, the sex is such a small part of a relationship, And if that's all you want, then you got some growing to do, I think. Because I feel like that limits a person to just one part of themselves. Oh, my my dog's looking at me. She's so cute. Um, Yeah, just limits someone to one part of themselves and doesn't allow them the full expression of who they are. I noticed that there were random scenes, like a part where Lucy is handed a tinfoil swan. It's dessert, random. And the scene after she's had her evening on the boat and is a little hungover where she's talking to a lady and a baby before George comes to meet her. Just random scenes that were like maybe trying to be like B-roll, which is like background, um, like one of those scenes where like people are walking down the street or whatever but just seemed a little bit too pointed Uh, pointed enough that I noticed them I noticed little details on the desk the whiteout the nasal spray the Altoids just thought the attention to the little things was really cool yeah my sister um 
she does props and and the attention to detail is amazing like it's so it's so cool like I challenge you to watch your favorite movie and just kind of pay attention to the scenery and the and the set and the little details maybe even just the wardrobe and um, like do they wear a watch on one arm or like the details really make the movie like um if I can recommend the movie I would recommend um Little Women I've heard a lot of good things about the details in that movie and how they were chosen specifically even the colors that each girl wears um and that here's a cool detail um the mother in that movie her hair the color has each one of the girls hair like their color is in their mom's hair which I thought was kind of cool because oftentimes like people are cast in movies and they are like totally either totally different hair colors or just and I mean I'm from a family where two brunettes dirty blonde brunette gave birth to three redheads and a brunette so I'm not saying it's not possible but it's uh it's just kind of funny when it happens that way um this movie pits the two career women against each other to be fighting over a guy as if a human being were a thing to be possessed not much to say there except it's time for that kind of thinking to be Nick said there's a scene where they're driving back to the office from playing tennis and George is driving Lucy's car maybe she was tired and he offered we never see this so maybe I'll give the benefit of the doubt but it's her car so I just wonder why don't we see her driving it also in one scene a helicopter lands in a random parking lot and would that be allowed also in one of these in one of the scenes um uh Howard George's brother tells George that he's tearing down the community center and I just wonder why is Howard's towel so short it's like a hand towel not yeah hand towel hand towel it's so short I'm like it was it short because he needed to put on his pajamas and it only worked that way it just seemed very weird anyways there's a character named uh Meryl it's funny she's played by Heather Burns and I just love her Heather Burns it played Cheryl in Miss Congeniality and my favorite movie that she's in and I haven't seen all of them is You've Got Mail she's really funny in that one she plays Christina who is an employee of Meg Ryan's Kathleen Kelly there's an unfortunate Donald Trump appearance. He's not terrible, but they probably stopped him short of saying anything more because then he would have gotten into some trouble. Nora Jones popped in for a live performance at the charity fundraiser. Love her. She played Nearness of You, which is a beautiful song. You should listen to it. Um, now there's this part of the movie that I'm kind of undecided about. I had to puzzle a bit about this part. The part where June and George uh, decide to play strip chess. And I was like, was it bad that he decided to do that? We are certainly encouraged to think so. But in all honesty, Lucy and George weren't dating. So there's no reason for her to be hurt. Um, there was kind of an inference and a little bit of a vibe between them. Um, but there wasn't 
an explicit understanding between them. It kind of reminds me of a situation in Ted Lasso where one of the characters, Keely, sleeps with her ex-boyfriend the previous night and the next day her real current love interest, but not boyfriend, asks her asks her out and she is honest about what happened. At first he is really mad, but it is, give, is given advice by the Diamond Dogs, Ted Higgins, Nate and Beard, that he should grow up and get over it. Obviously there is a dynamic in two weeks notice of boss and employee which should never be crossed but if we are looking from Lucy's angle it makes me think of the possessiveness that people have over each other a kind of elementary school possessiveness like you can't like him I do instead of realizing that people are not things to be kept or restricted to one person excuse me when someone chooses to belong or be in a relationship with someone that's when the other person can get a bit miffed if they find them in a similar situation, but when the other person doesn't know how you feel or how you like to be to relate to them, how can they know this will hurt you? Plus, people are their own entities not to be controlled, period. Um, that being said, he is a bit of a sleazeball. Um, but... Uh, yeah, my initial thoughts when he does play strip chess with June is what a sleazeball. But m- the more I think about it, for the above reasons plus, maybe he was defaulting after the argument with Lucy to old habits, ways that he made himself feel good. Lucy was holding him to high expectations. I'm sure that was scary. So maybe that was a possibility, not so much a betrayal as looking for comfort in a familiar place, as well as June was positive and receptive to him. We must talk about June as well. The writers have given her no depth, and her main purpose is to drive George away from Lucy and to drive a wedge between the two. From Lucy, Also, when Lucy walks in on George and June, she... Her, her comeback is to explain that she has Barry in her bed. What is the need to have her make up someone that she's sleeping with? What is the need she feels to explain her sex life? Like, why didn't they just have her be disappointed? They had to go for that comedic moment at that moment. And so they said, Barry in the bed, in my bed kind of thing. And I was just like, that's not, I don't think that was needed. And she doesn't need to explain her sex life like just give like yeah lucy's comment of she says to june the next day she says late meeting in her slip that explains the late night meeting in your slip which was kind of uncalled for because Again, for the above, for, for the reasons that I said before, they weren't dating. She's, sh- you know, the boss employee thing should never be crossed. Um, but the I I'm still hesitant to say anything about June, like negative about June, because honestly, it's the writer's fault. The writers didn't give her any depth at all. Right smack dab, first moment she's in there, she, they're flirting, her and George are flirting back and forth. Like, right smack dab, first moment, flirting. And they make her, like, this giggly, 
I mean, girls can be giggly, sure. But she's supposed to be professional. She's in a professional place. I think even giggly girls know how to be professional in the workplace. I giggle, but I know when to be professional. You know? So, I just thought that was really uncalled for. There's Women don't need to slut shame each other. And men certainly don't need to slut shame. Um, But, yeah, I just thought that was uncalled for. There's that long kiss trope at the end, you know. They haven't kissed all movie long and we're just we're just waiting for it that's like in um uh a, a mini series i watch north and south i think it's in north and south or maybe it's not i don't know it was like a, a jane austen e type mo- uh, movie or show or whatever and they don't kiss at all and i'm like what I I was very disappointed, I have to say. So the last thing, um, or I was going to say, second last thing I want to touch on is, I know that the last scene, the last scene is where George, you know, he's gotten fired or he's quit his job because he wanted to take a stand for Lucy. So he goes to her parents' house because she still lives with her parents. She moves back in with her parents and, uh, He's walking, you know, he's pacing out the how big the apartment is, which is a little bit patronizing. Um, and then uh, she's calling for Chinese food again. And then, she, you know, she ends, ends it saying, no, this is for two. And uh, I was just like, is, is George homeless now? Like, I thought he owned the, the hotel, but maybe it was, it was his family that owned the hotel. Um, yeah, I was just like, he doesn't have a house anymore. Anyways, just a thought. Okay, last one, because I don't know what the sentence or message for this movie is. So I'm going to leave it to your imagination and what you decide to, what you think of this. Last thing I want to touch on, it's kind of controversial, but you know, that's a good thought to end on. It's, it's when uh, George brings Lucy back to her apartment after she passed out from drinking too much. He says this kind of sketchy thing. He says, should we change her clothes? No, stupid question. I don't know why I even said that. And I've seen that trope in other movies. Like in Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, they have this little thing where they say, you know, what am I wearing? Uh, and he's like a bikini and she's like how did I get in the bikini and he's like uh, you know what like I've been trained to dismantle a pipe bomb uh, with a junior man and a paperclip like I think I can get you into some clothes without looking not that I did and I'm just like uh what you did what like even in get smart there's a a moment where he accidentally shoots himself with the sleeping dart and uh she changes his clothes for him too sorry for my snotty nose this kind of behavior is not okay you do not change someone's clothes while they're unconscious this is not okay not okay so 
that's the last thought I'm going to end on. I'm just going to say a few closing, kind of wrap it up in a nice way and say, um, I'm trying to think of some nice things to say. I'm going to say Sandra Bullock, moi, beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, she's very funny, good comedic timing. Same with Hugh Grant, good comedic timing. Um, but I think that the romantic comedy genre has a lot of room to improve. Yeah, that's the thing. We all have room to improve, but, uh, I think they have a lot of room to improve. So, Thanks for listening. Maybe you made it this far, but if you didn't, that's okay. Have a wonderful week.